Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. And I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. And this is Jordan, Jesse, go! This week on Jordan Jesse Go, we argue the minutia of popular culture, just like just about every other week and every other podcast in the world. Let's go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I am Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. Oh, we've got a guest with us, Jordan. Ah, we do. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, I didn't see him. He snuck in there. Ah. Snuck in behind you, Jordan. Look out, Ace. Man. Oh, okay. You might know him from local stand-up comedy shows. You might know him from having been on Jordan Jesse Go before. You might know him from his uh, selling book, Making Friends with Black People. Uh, comedian Nick Adams. Nick Repeat Adams. Repeat. He remembers his... Yes. Yeah. I've been thinking That's about great. this all day. That's great. Um, yeah, no, I'm glad to see you've taken this nickname thing seriously. I have. Some people fuck around. Have you been using uh, the nickname just in your in your day-to-day? It's my rap name. No, it's my MC name. It's okay. Repeat. So that's good. I'm glad you're. I'm glad you're rapping again. I am. You know, for the first time since second grade. <laughs> One time you did that. Don't, no, I'm don't do than, drugs. Rap. I'm older than you, so it would have been second grade. It would have been more like junior high. Junior high school. Okay. Sure. That's when rap was invented. <laughs> junior high. <laughs> oh my God! It's a thousand degrees outside here in Los Angeles. That's, have you guys noticed that? It's cooling down though. The, it's, it's been cooler so today. Hot that it's not as bad today. Uh, Teresa, Teresa said to me yesterday, uh, she was driving around, drove past one of those bank thermometers, you know, where it says what the temperature is. Because that's what oh, you I, need I to was, know. Uh, I always thought those were to show how much money was in the bank. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it went up you or down based was, on how much money was in the bank. You thought that that little <clears throat> that little circle that's up at the top that meant money? Yeah, like a hundred and two money. I just assumed eighty-eight money. Mm-hmm. Degrees of the money is in this bank. Yeah. Um, no, 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 not at all. It means degrees, Jordan. Hmm. And uh, what we're what were we looking at uh, yesterday? 102 degrees hmm. here in the great city of Los Angeles. Um, that's too many degrees. Yeah, I think it's safe what's to the, say that's the maximum, too many degrees. What's the maximum amount of degrees that you'll allow? 92 degrees. Okay. Once you get up over 92 degrees, it's like, give me a break. So this is well into the unacceptable territory. Yeah, this is... And and when you break, I think when you get to 98 degrees, um, that's when you're like, oh, fuck this. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you go from, uh-uh, to, oh, come on. But then there's... The, I have to say, having lived in Tucson, Arizona for two years, there's another level. It's like the, that's the circles like, of hell... 112, 113, 114, multiple days in a row. Man, I was break in, you. So you mean it's too hot to even go to Alice Cooper's restaurant? <laughs> Which is the thing in Arizona that I know about. Where is that Tucson? Uh, I think you know. I think it's Phoenix. Yeah. But I, I mean, I, you. I mean, that's that's worth. What's okay? What's the drive from Tucson to Phoenix? Like an hour. Or something. That's well worth it to go to Alice Cooper's restaurant. <laughs> right, because you might get to meet Alice Cooper. Right. Yeah, uh, or uh, or get to meet um, one of the upset teens that's the hostess who has to wear Alice Cooper makeup while she seats you. I love that <laughs> Alice Cooper 
plays <laughs> golf and is really good at it. So you see Alice Cooper, who's the whole Alice Cooper thing. Right. But then he's got flat front khakis and yeah. some sort of visor, and he's out yeah. there on the golf course. Maybe like a, a, a lime green polo shirt yeah. on. Yeah, exactly. You wrote a book about golf, Alice Cooper did. <clears throat> yeah, his, his restaurant uh, is equal parts uh, rock and roll and golf memorabilia. That's pathetic. There's not a – it's or not de- separate wings, though. It's like – it's interspersed. There's like a, you know – because you like, don't want those to clash. Yeah, there's like a picture of him at Shea Stadium, and then next to it is one of him with like you know Fuzzy Zeller. I don't ever want to. Uh, I don't ever want to hear the song "Schools Out for Summer" again. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is the reason. Normally, if I didn't, if you didn't want to hear a song again, it's because oh that song's cliched or whatever. The problem is, it gets me super pumped. And then I remember that I don't go to school anymore, so I don't get to go out for summer. <laughs> you say you have no reason to celebrate it. It's yeah. Like, the only time I really like I Love L.A. is after a Laker game at Staples. Other than that, <laughs> it's like, well, I really like living here. I don't want to sing about it. But, you know, after, you know, it's a communal moment. Los Angeles is celebrating Los Angeles. It's a really, it's a really magical moment whenever they play it because it's a, it's a celebration of, um, it's a celebration of, Angelino's uh, blind embrace of ironic mockery of the place where they live. No, it's it's actually more a celebration. In that moment, why I love it, it's a celebration of Jerry Buss and the $2 million he just cleared at your expense <laughs> because you paid to come to a Laker home game. That's the guy who wants the Lakers. Okay. That's a, uh, Los sorry, Angeles Lakers, Los Angeles Lakers basketball club. Gotcha. This is a group of uh, gentlemen, mm-hmm. some taller than I'm others, listening. but on the whole, relatively tall. Okay. Who travel from town to town, putting on exhibitions of a sport called basketball. Hmm. So it's it, like a water park then. <laughs> it's like some kind of water park. Similar. It's similar. Am I close? It's similar. Jordan. I'm close. Jordan. Yes. Can you look at my eyes for a minute? <laughs> yeah, right there. Not right, yeah. everything is like a water park. Every time I try and explain everything to Jordan, Nick, he just says, so it's like a water park, right? This guy is obsessed with water parks ever in his, since Although, he in my defense, uh, sex is not entirely unlike a water park, which you told me last <laughs> week. There, I, I, uh, I had it. There's some similarities, I would say. One, uh, chlorine in your eyes. <laughs> if you do two, it right. Uh, two, churro stand. And three, butts. I ate a lot of churros in the great nation of Mexico when I was in Mexico. Is that an that's an actual like oh, Mexican food? It's um, not like just isn't that weird? Like nachos. It seems yeah, yeah. wrong. It seems like it would not be an actual Mexican food, right? Mm-hmm. It seems like something that you would just uh, yeah. It seems like nachos, but not just like nachos. It seems like baseball game nachos, right? right. Like the kind with the gooey cheese, like. Right. One step, like nachos, sure, that's a Tex-Mex thing, right. not a Mexican With thing. With actual melted cheese and a preparation involved, yeah, not but just a glob of Yeah, this, the sauce nachos <laughs> is what is the level that, you're, that you would think you would be looking at with churros. Sure. Right. But actually, there you are in, not just in Mexico, not in, not in Puerto Vallarta, but in Oaxaca, the culinary capital of Mexico, in southern Mexico... There's churros everywhere. Everybody loves churros. Now, is there a difference between the, you know, American amusement park churro and the Mexican churro? I'm thinking off the top of my head there's probably crickets involved in the Mexican one. (laughs) There's a couple of crickets in there. Jordan, you'll be disappointed to hear that they're nothing like a water park. Okay. Um, A Mexican churro is shorter, Mm -hmm. uh, and it comes in a pack of three. 
Huh. A, a, a lady sells you a group of three churros, and if you only want, if you want three, well, it's called a murder of a, churros. A pod, a pod <laughs> of churros. Yeah. Um, if you, a lady sells you a little bag full of churros, mm-hmm. and it has three I don't churros. Think those in are it. churros. You're buying stuff in bags off the street. I don't. Think <laughs> you were Come buying... to think of it, I know I churros didn't used to look so much like baking soda yeah, or yeah. make me so excitable. <laughs> Was that person listening to clips when they sold you those churros? <laughs> it was their was there real a snowman churros. On his t-shirt? They're real churros. Nick, Jordan, that's what they eat in Mexico. Moles and churros. A mole is a chocolate sauce, Jordan. Hmm. That's a chocolate sauce. They make chocolate. They have vats of cho- they have a places where the block smells I like mole chocolate. Mole was something else. Mole is a sauce. It's yeah. it, well, mole means sauce. Like oh, okay. the literal translation of mole is sauce, like as in guacamole. But uh, which means which means uh, avocado sauce. sauce. Okay. Yeah, aguacate. Um, so the mole means sauce. But when you say mole, uh, you're usually referring to what they call uh, mole negro, black mole, Easy. which is. Uh, Easy. Which is <laughs> almost racist. <laughs> almost. <laughs> just just for no reason when people say stuff like that, I'm like, wait a minute. No, okay, that's fine. That's totally fine. There's a lot of that shit going on though. In the Spanish language, there's a lot of there's a lot of weird anti African racial prejudices just kind of mixed in, especially foods. There's uh if you if you order in in Cuba, if you get beans and rice, it's called uh, Moros, which is short for Moros y Cristianos, which is Moors and Christians. <laughs> That's so convoluted, I'm not even upset anymore. <laughs> yeah. By the time you got to the end of that explanation, I was like, I don't even care. If it's <laughs> I'm too not. confused to be mad. <laughs> but uh, 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 black mole, it's an amazing sauce. It's made, they make a chocolate in Oaxaca that's made from the cocoa beans, but also it's kind of uh, spiced. It's got some cinnamon right. and some chili in it. Um, and, uh, they, they use that. So it's sort of like a, it, it's a, it's a chocolate sauce, but it's not that sweet. Like it's not sweet. Like tr- I mean, it is a little bit sweet right. for a sauce on a meat, but it's not as sweet as a chocolate bar. Oh yeah. Here's it's how much I sauce. like chocolate. You, you're going to think that I'm going to say I like chocolate so much. I love mole and I make it all the time. I'm right. I'm going to take it further than that. Right. I like <laughs> chocolate so much. I could never have Hold the patience. Hold on. How far are you going to take this, Nick? One step further. Okay. I like chocolate so much that I could never have the patience to do the preparation necessary to take chocolate and make it into a sauce. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then put that on an enchilada or whatever the hell it is. Teresa and I brought home... I would just eat it in the kitchen like a crack patient. Teresa <laughs> and I brought home some chocolate from Oaxaca. Um, brought home some for you, Jordan. And you yes. can have some, too, since you're so obsessed with chocolate, Nick. And uh, Teresa's uh, been having that problem. The chocolate, you know, you make it for... Uh, they drink it. You know, it's drinking chocolate. Okay. And um, they make it either cold or hot, and you basically just take a brick of this chocolate and put it in a blender with milk uh, or water. They also use water there. And uh, Teresa has not gotten it into the blender. It has not made it to the blender. I think once, once she breaks it off of the thing, it's going in the mouth. No, it's like people who say, I'm going to take this pot and make pot brownies with it. Well, I think I did that one time. Because <laughs> I can also just smoke it and get really high. Immediately. Yeah. It seems like a lot of work. I, you know, when I interviewed, um, uh, when I, I interviewed this guy who was the personal assistant to improv comedy guru Del Close one time on The Sound of Young America, like when Del Close was sort of in his 60s, and he, I think he maybe died around 70, um, he was in his 60s, kind of crotchety, crazy, um, uh, improv genius, right? 
And this guy was job was to like show up at his house and make sure he came to class and stuff like that. Um, Del Close uh, did you one better, Nick, and uh, ate marijuana straight. Like it was a cereal, he ate it with a spoon. Mm-hmm. On a regular basis? Or On a time? regular basis. He regularly just ate marijuana with a spoon. Here's the thing. I am what you would call a marijuana smoker, I think, is the term. Yeah. Is, that's is that right. what you call that? That's what they call them. Uh, sure. Yeah. Um, and more than one is a water park of marijuana <laughs> right. smokers. That's the new thing. A grouping of them. Uh, why? How high was he needing to be that he was eating it? He was, exactly how high did he have to be? He was high all the time. That's right. what's so amazing about it. Which is high all the time and, and super. <laughs> like you have to get to a point where you're like, oh, God, I'm not going to make this into a joint. <laughs> I'm right? just going to eat it. Like I got a, I got a spoon. It's easier. It's impressive that he even managed to. Maybe he didn't have a clean spoon. I was going to say it's impressive he managed yeah, to keep he a spoon just, clean. Like, uh, tie the bag to his face, <laughs> like a horse, like a horse in its oat bag. That's what he did. He ate marijuana like a horse from a feed bag. I don't understand why why eating it though. I, I have to do some investigation. Can I ask you guys a, qu- a question real quick, just on the subject of livestock? Sure. I'd like to have a pig. Can I have a pig? Uh, well, there's a lot. Uh, to consider. Okay, uh, let's talk about it. Does your apartment allow pigs? Um, I think at this point, this is the impression I get. Well, based on the, you answer a question, um, the answer is no. Yeah, based on, yeah. based <laughs> on the conversation over. Based on what you might call the apparent tenant quality of the people who have moved into my apartment building in the past six months, um, and based on the fact that I know that Teresa and I have consistently paid the rent over the three and a half or so years that we've lived here. Uh, I would say that the landlord, if I told the landlord I wanted to make my own skylight with a hammer, hmm. uh, he would be on board. Uh, judging by who he's accepting at this point, the kind of shady, dissociated... Spitting. Yeah, just weird. There's this guy that moved in on... I, I know the downfall of Jesse's apartment building has sort of become a leitmotif on uh, Jordan Jesse Go, but there's this guy that's moved in downstairs, and he'll talk to you. Like he knows you, won't introduce himself to you, won't make eye contact with you. Hmm. Just this kind of sh- super shady, kind of like 24-year-old guy. Hmm. Um, I think the word you're looking for is crazy. He sounds like a crazy person. Well, he doesn't seem crazy so much as super high, but super high on just some shitty found. Like hmm. not? Did he eat it? Not like, yeah. <laughs> He just, he's like, the, he's the kind of super high where it's not just like he, like, you not know, the hilarious Doug he Benson wasn't just, pull, no, not like Doug Benson or not just stony, right. not like that, but also not aggressive, but more just like he found some shit and took it to see what would happen. Ballpark it. What, <laughs> also, what is, what the do you shit think is Windex. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, he's, he's, he's reasonably placid. But mildly agitated like, at the same time. Like, is it a kind time. of a Paul Abdul-ish? Yeah, yeah. sort of a Paul Abdul-ish. <laughs> that's, a very, that's very good. Maybe he'll um, get his own reality show. Uh, but, but a slightly more, <laughs> but a slightly, you have to imagine somebody who's Paul Abdul-ish, but also like uh, 24 uh, and kind of like uh, dressed like a hip-hop guy. You know what I mean? Like somebody that, that looks like... Where if they said if if you knew that they were uh, if they they were like a pot dealer you'd be like oh yeah that guy's just a pot dealer 
But then there's something else going on that makes that you nervous. That wouldn't bother you, though. That would, you would just be like, okay, he just Well, it would bother me. Ooh. I mean, I'd rather not have be... somebody dealing out of my apartment building. But, I mean, it doesn't bother me, like, to the extent that it really bothers Jesse me. Jesse Thorne, you know what I mean? enemy of convenience. <laughs> Who doesn't want to bother you in their apartment building? <laughs> you know, when I, uh, when I uh, came in this morning, yeah. uh, there were some teens in prom clothes making a movie in the lobby. Yeah. Like a fun movie. That seemed fun to me. Uh, the, you don't like it. The teens, uh, I'll tell you. I, shit's, these are some very excitable We'll teens. be right back with Grandpa Thorne after these <laughs> messages. The teenagers, I don't like them either. There's a, there's a lot of these teens. I've had this problem a lot lately in my building. I've had this problem, which is where I'm waiting for the elevator. I'm walking through the lobby with my dog. Minding your own business, listening to some smooth jazz. I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm just trying to listen to Wayman Tisdale. Uh, he plays a. Um, I've got the I've power got, forward LP. I've got Bernie Williams uh, guitar CD on my disc man, um, and I'm trying to listen to it. Uh, no, what 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 happened? I'm walking through my lobby or something like that. I'll say hello to someone, and smile at them, and they'll look the other way. Mm. This is the people who now granted. When we moved in here, the building was, had a lot of middle-aged Korean people. These people would sometimes not return your greetings. I chalked it up to don't speak English. Right. Right, which is fine. You or know, old, some people just or old. just weird or just whatever. Old like people get a pass in general. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so you're just like, well, you know, what can you do? They're Korean, you know. They <laughs> they don't they don't really speak English, so that's fine, you know. I don't speak Korean. I don't mm. uh, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't want them complaining about me not returning their greeting in Korean. Right. You know what I mean? So that's okay. Or their karate chops. <laughs> Jordan. If you get karate chopped in their in their culture, it's customary to karate chop back. <laughs> Everyone knows that, Jesse. Yeah. Especially that is, racist. That is textbook Korean uh stuff but these are people who are um you know 22 years old 23 years old um they're students uh they speak english i hear them speak english to others is it so much to ask for a returned greeting so you're bemoaning the loss of civility in your apartment building also that dog went to the bathroom in my hallway again oh boy that's not good hold on think back to when you're greeting these these young people okay is your dick out uh, hard really, to say. No, no, really think, because it's important. I mean, I know it doesn't seem like it, but it, it can make all the difference. Was your dick out? Well, let's see. My fly was down. Okay. Already? I mean, if they noticed that, they could be a little put off. I don't wear underwear. Okay. My dick's Where real springy. Dick? Yeah? Yeah, it was out. Oh, no, there you go. That was oh, it. And speaking it, yep, of. Currently out. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Bonus for the webcam viewers. <laughs> yeah, that's why you tune into the webcam to see uh, to see all the fun dick slips. Okay, well, look, we'll talk more about my life going to hell uh, and me wanting to shoot myself uh, in just a minute. Probably some like fun anecdote maybe that Nick thought of uh, since we invited him on the show yesterday. Uh, we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. <laughs> It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. Nick, repeat Adams. 
Oh, is this Nick's uh, third appearance? This is, this is his third appearance. This Nick? is a hat trick for Nick for Nick Adams because he's beloved, Jordan. Yeah, I'm the Alec Baldwin of Jordan Jesse Go. You go on. Wait, the... and what? Then what's what? You were Alec Baldwin to us as Alec Baldwin is to what? Saturday, Night Saturday Night Live. Oh, okay, okay. We also would have accepted Paul Simon. <laughs> yeah, also I think you're more Paul of a. Simon. I don't mean to disappoint if this is disappointing to you, but I think you're more of a Paul Simon. Uh, he's married to Edie Brickell, who's one of my favorite white women of all time. So I'll let that. I'm, I'm cool with that. One of the top whites. One she is. She's one whites. of my top white gals. It's, I I like. She's not in the top five, but when she's you, definitely top ten. When you said one of the top white ladies of all time, I imagine this is what I imagine. You ha, uh, you probably have an office or a workspace at home. I do. Um, do you know what a draft board looks like? <laughs> Where there's there's like maybe index cards or possibly placards uh, with names on them. And then, you know, listing of rounds, maybe, and they're moving them up and down. I imagine that you had the women of the world separated by ethnicity. And, you <laughs> were, and, and if something good happened, you're like, oh, she just moved up a slot. And now, she's my number, now she's my number three Asian Pacific Islander. Here's what's great. That exists almost exactly as you described it, but it's not physical. It's all in my mind. <laughs> there is kind of a running tally of Eurasian or some sort of mongrel actress <laughs> or Nora Jones is typically number one in my mulatto right. category. Sure. Rashida Jones is typically number two. They what, about a, what about a Rosario Dawson? Where's she's, Rosario she's Dawson? She's perpetually in this? top three, top four okay. in my sort of mixed ethnicity. I want to ask you guys a question about. Any quadroons? <laughs> <laughs> what is your feeling about quadroons? I'm for them, sir. <laughs> Um, I Okay, this is a question about Rashida Jones for you guys, okay? Something that has been uh, weighing heavily on my heart of late and I have not been able to resolve. Oh, four out of five boners. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Okay, so I think we can, also, we can all agree Rashida Jones is a beautiful woman. Sure. Agreed. Um, and it's amazing that she's, uh, that, that Quincy Jones is her dad. That's like a really interesting celebrity parent to have. Agreed. Right? So, so far, she's doing great. Now, she's been in a lot of great stuff. Uh, she, was, she was on The Office. It's a great show. Yes. Um, that's how she became famous. You, you might have seen uh, her in Stella. I love Stella. She has some uh, deleted scenes from role models that you can see on the DVD. There you go. You, you can see her in the movie uh, I Love You, Man, which I would hesitate to call great, but was enjoyable. Um, but here's my question. Four out of five boners. Thank you. Um, there's a part of me that was thinking, well, they don't, they don't give her anything funny to do. I wish they'd give Rashida Jones more funny things to do. She's the, she's, she kind of occupies a similar comedic uh, niche as Jennifer Aniston. There are funny things around her, but she's the pretty... She kind has of, to kind of sigh loudly. Because right. uh, because have you guys did you guys watch Parks and Recreation the television program? Yeah, I watched a couple and then uh, got mad at it. Okay, so better. there are some things that I think are funny about Parks and Recreation. Um, Aziz Ansari will say something funny on that program, um, and he'll do it in a funny way, albeit one that may or may not break the tone of the show. <laughs> um, the boss guy kind of could sometimes be funny, mm-hmm. um, and I don't find the program dull. But Rashida Jones is the center, one of the central characters of this program, one of the two central characters of this program, could not be less funny. And now I think 
maybe she's actually not funny at all, and she's just got a bunch of funny people bamboozled and or four out of five bonered. Hmm. Yeah, I think she was funnier on The Office than she has been on Parks and Recreation. I think I don't I, remember I mean, her doing anything funny on The Office. I don't. I don't. I, it wasn't like there was a huge joke written for her, but there were definitely moments on The Office where I thought she kind of got a laugh out of me that wasn't there. Yeah, I think there. her her storyline was she was kind of the Pam surrogate when Jim went to the other office, and she kind of replaced Pam. And then they had this Jim Pam esque banter, but between right. Jim and Rashida Jones. Right. And I I remember thinking like, oh, this is funny because the she's imitating the tone of the Jim Pam banter. So what well. is the tone she's going for in Parks and Recreation? On this program, as far as I can tell, uh, sad and dull is the tone she's going yeah, for. Yeah, I mean, I, I think she is like she's the kind of straight woman because uh, you know the, her boyfriend or whatever falls in the pit and that kind of launches the whole theme of the show so she just you know is in the center of all this activity that's revolving around her all this craziness and she's just the nurse who wants the pit to be it's it's i think there's something to be said for uh what it highlights to me is that being a straight man is more than just uh not being funny (laughs) like there's or not acting crazy right sure and that's where she seems to be falling down. I, uh, uh, I think as somebody who's a, who's a great straight man, um, sets other people up and uh, punctuates their jokes with a, with a reaction. Right? Yeah. No, I think it's definitely sure. She definitely got, got maybe smushed into – yeah, I, th- I think – right, right. The, the, they needed a, uh, an everyday citizen to react – to all the kind of incompetent bureaucracy going on, but yeah, yeah, maybe she's not not equipped with the right looks and stuff like that. Let me ask you this question. It's about straight men. Okay. I've been watching Seinfeld a lot lately. Is it possible that Jerry Seinfeld as Jerry Seinfeld is underrated? Here's the thing that's great about Jerry Seinfeld as Jerry Seinfeld as an actor it was not a good performance. <laughs> he's not a gifted actor. No, he's I don't not. think anyone would argue Jerry Seinfeld is a gifted actor like, say, anyone who acts. Right. <laughs> but since he is playing Jerry Seinfeld, I think it works in the same way that Keanu Reeves works in Speed and Matrix because he's playing a kind of clueless you know, big-headed action hero. And that's what he is, I think. That's what he comes across as. So Jerry, to play Jerry, reacting to the people who are really in his life, basically, or, you know, characters who are supposed to represent people who are, you know, real people in his life, it didn't bother me at all. He seems like... Well, I'm watching... I've been watching a lot of Seinfeld. I... Let's say I bought the DVDs of Seinfeld or whatever it is that people are supposed to do when they behave in a legal manner. Got so it. presumably I bought all the DVDs or whatever for my DVD machine. Your dick's out. <laughs> Sorry, Jordan. I'm just going to remind you. So how can I control this problem that I have? I mean, it's not my fault as far as I'm concerned. I've just got a springy dick. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'd say reinforce your pants. Right. Reinforce Should I zip zippers. up my fly? I, yeah, that's. I mean, I, I guess I was just assuming it was coming down on its own. I know when when a pair of pants gets old. No, I just the, I leave it down well, for circulation. Yeah. Same reason I don't wear any underwear. Don't do that. 
Well, I don't want to get sweaty, and I'm all out of gold bond medicated powder. Well, then just get ready for jail. Okay. I guess. Fine. Just get ready for jail. So I um uh, I bought the DVDs of all the Seinfelds. I'm in I'm in the midst of season three of Seinfeld. Um, I don't think I'd watched Seinfeld since I was uh you know high school or so since it was on TV for the most part. I mean I watch it sometimes on reruns, but I don't don't watch a lot of TV at five o'clock in the afternoon. You know, um and you know for quite some time you're already, I've you're been... already too excited after your four thirty Judge Judy. Yeah, absolutely. you're just so excited. You're running around the house. You I can't so, concentrate. I get so pumped up by Judge Jerry Mather. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is that a judge show? Jerry Mathers? Yeah. I think basically that would be a great judge show. I think you can basically say judge and then any name. Judge John Knotts. Sure. Don Knotts is dead, isn't he? Didn't Don Knotts die recently? Still could be a show. Still? Sure. Judge Definitely. Don Knotts impersonator. Can we have a judge show on TV? Yeah, I think judge so. Judge Jesse and Jordan. Yeah, I feel like I've seen judge shows where the person isn't just a normal <laughs> judge, but like the and just the thing is for like bragging rights. Like because there's no legal ramifications to the trial. Because Judge Wapner was a real judge, yes. right? Yes. Judge Wapner was a professional judge who retired from judging in order to take a job as a television judge. Mm-hmm. But I don't think Judy is Judy a judge. No, no, I think yes. most of the TV judges are judges, and but I think there are a few exceptions. What where about it's just Judge for, Joe Brown? I think, I think Judge Joe Brown is a judge. judge. He's an actual judge. Judge Reinhold. Judge yeah, Reinhold is a real judge. judge. Um, but but Jordan. You understand that on those judge shows, while the person may have in the past been a real judge, they're not acting in their capacity as a judge. A judge is no, no, no. someone. Don't they say at the end of like the show? It's not like a notary the, public. Don't they say at the end of the show that the uh, the the rulings are binding? Yes, but they're not. They're, it's not a court of law. Yeah. They've everyone has entered into an agreement. It's like an arbitration. That, yeah, exactly. Okay. That they've all agreed that this person will render judgment. It doesn't matter if that person's a real judge or not. It's not like a notary public that you know that if you call a number will come and notarize a document for you. You can't get a judge to come out like that. So if you spit on Judge Judy, they can't. Throw throw you in jail or something like I mean that bailiff is essentially powerless yeah that's a powerless bailiff so someone could have just stabbed Rusty the bailiff all those years and just done away with that oh absolutely I I don't understand why people haven't stabbed Rusty the bailiff it's the same phenomenon when when, uh, I've thought about stabbing Rusty so many times (laughs) who hasn't I guess I guess just what I thought was going on that the American government thought that (laughs) thought that the public should have a peek at the legal system right so made judge shows legal right so uh you know, just Americans can see what goes on in the court system and how you resolve a conflict when a uh, stripper that is sent to your house is uglier than you thought she would be. <laughs> Whether that entitles you to a refund. I got an elementary school teacher who showed the people's court in class. Mm. Under what pretext? Under the pretext that we were learning about the judicial system. Works for me. Yeah. <laughs> an elementary school teacher, not like a first or second grade teacher, because they'll feel guilty about just showing you a movie. But like a fourth or fifth grade teacher, that's in this that's in this sort of liminal space between a little child and person who's actually supposed to learn real things. Right. Right. It's right on the border between those two. And so I think a fifth grade teacher will take any opportunity to do anything that's not actual learning. Having having done some substitute teaching, I will also say that that age you just want them to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> if two hours in the dark 
we'll keep them quiet in two hours in the dark with whatever movie you're playing. You just want them to shut up. Just, and I love children, you, but after like a few days of teaching, just shut just up. Just shut up. Everybody, yeah. shut up. You brought in. You brought in the. I brought in the Patriot today, folks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to learn about American, American gonna, Revolution. Today's film, Bad Lieutenant. <laughs> <laughs> it is world history class, right? Well, uh, all the better because I brought in Apocalypto. <laughs> Oh, we're having a great time. Bad boys. Number Sorry. one, we're having a great time. <laughs> yeah. Number two, Nick Adams is here. Sure. Number three, of course, you're Jordan Morris, the world famous Jordan Morris. Aren't I though? Number Film four, sensation. Right yeah, here, star of major motion pictures. Right here, uh, Jesse Thorne, uh, international public radio phenomenon. Right. Uh, we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. I am Jordan Morris, boy detective. With us, for the benefit of the people at home, <laughs> Jordy LaForge from <laughs> yes, Star Trek. Yes, his thing got different. Oh, oh fuck. his headphones were across his eyeballs. So funny. Never gets old. Oh, the so strap funny. of his headphones was across his eyeballs. I don't know why he went back. Um, did you guys know that LeVar Burton is a Twitter celebrity now? No. Because of the Reading Rainbow? Reading Rainbow got canceled. I don't know if these are related. But LeVar well, it's Burton certainly up to his, uh, you know, up to his, you know, guy being in the newsness. It's amazing. What do you call it? Visibility. Sorry. It's amazing that if you were on Star Trek, you can become a nerd celebrity. Yeah, sure. Well, what's amazing about that? That seems like that. That seems that's the logical step. <laughs> well, I mean, but I mean, look at like, let's take LeVar Burton, for example. That's what I'm talking about. Right. I'm thinking specifically, for example, about LeVar Burton. Star Trek The Next Generation. I'm not going to tell you that I didn't watch Star Trek The Next Generation as a 10 year old on uh, Channel 44, Cable 12. But that was what, 1990? Right. When was when was when was that on? Nineteen ninety one. That's Star Trek, man. It's just a special. But just you could take this back to Leonard Nimoy. What Star else Trek? has Leonard Nimoy ever the, done look, of note? But look, okay. And the original Star Trek was on for that's like a not what I'm. Ta- that's not what I'm talking about. That's not what I'm talking. <laughs> there were about. only three episodes. Of the <laughs> yeah. Leonard Star Nimoy Trek. was one of the stars of the original Star Trek, and he's been being one of the stars of Star Trek <laughs> ever since. Right. There's no doubt about that. And God bless him. He seems like a class act. You know what I mean? LeVar Burton was on Star Trek The Next Generation, yes. But he's LeVar Burton from Roots. Yes. And Reading Rainbow. Yes. And Star Trek The Next Generation was 15 years ago, right? At least 15 years ago. So you're saying ago. there should be some sort of Roots con that he's the star of. No. You want to go to a Roots con where people dress <laughs> up. People have fake ampute- amputated foots and chains. What's amazing and halfway to through the me, convention, you change your name. <laughs> <laughs> What's amazing to me is that 15 years after Star Trek, LeVar Burton has not been uh, recording, writing sci-fi novels, as far as I know. I mean, I'm, I'm not a huge Star Trek fan. Maybe he does do all this stuff, and I'm mistaken. But You don't think there's Jordy LaForge uh, fiction, like romance novels? Well, there is yeah. that, but it's not written by LeVar Burton. That's what I'm saying. I'm sure that there are romance Jesse. novels about Jordy LaForge that have to do with feeling not just someone's body, but also their soul. Um, because he's blind, right. and also seeing inside them in more ways than one, um, right? Couldn't he see you inside wrote, with, you just wrote with the laser, first two chapters. laser beams or something? Uh, by the way, 
I just want to point out that on the new Jay-Z album, uh, there's a song where Kanye West uh, makes a laser noise. And some people think it's ridiculous and embarrassing. I think it's fantastic, and every song should have Kanye West making a laser noise. How does it go? I mean, I haven't... Pew, pew, pew! Oh, that does sound good. Yeah, it's great! I, I have a resolution. I don't discuss non-Amber Rose Kanye news. If it's not about her, I just don't even talk about that guy uh, anymore. Who's that? His ridiculous girlfriend. Oh, well, I, I don't know about Is this the bald one? Is this the one with she's no She's got hair? a buzz cut. Yeah. Okay, yeah. She's and creeping she's up like on a, my top five a... white girls list. She's mm. creeping in. She's around <laughs> about seven right now. She's around about seven. She's pushing it. Okay, so. wait. So this is what I'm saying about Jordy LaForge here. He hasn't done anything in 15 years. All he has to do to become a huge nerd celebrity is start using Twitter a few months before other people. Like all he he doesn't he, he doesn't have to say look at me I'm a nerd like you or whatever all he has to do is just do something a little tiny bit nerdy in public and he becomes a god. How about teaching uh, generations after generations of children to read? Is that a little nerdy? <laughs> is that does that qualify? Yeah, no, I something? think people I think people have a lot of warm feelings of him beyond Star Trek for sure. Uh, I I agree. People, I don't I mean, say that people shouldn't have warm feeling towards him. But he became a very specific kind of nerd celebrity, and it wasn't because of reading Rainbow. Well, here's the Agreed. thing. That's the that's the kind of nerd celebrity that doesn't get you anything. Like it's a lot of Twitter followers, <laughs> and like maybe, God, I can't even really think of what else it would get you. I feel like that's reasonable. Like the man probably still goes to commercial auditions and and gets pissed when he doesn't get it. I'm I don't sure think he still so. gets turned down what for kind, movie what do you roles. Think, what do you think LeVar Burton does with himself? Well, Var Burton's not a bad actor. I bet he no, auditions. He's a handsome and, man. Uh, sometimes he gets it, and sometimes he doesn't. And I mean, Lavar Le- Burton. You know, it's one of those things where you look at IMDb and you're like, "Well, holy shit, Lavar Burton was in eight movies in 1978 or whatever." Yeah, right. You know, it's Mother Jugs and Speed Two, but you you don't remember it. But it was a movie, and he got a big fat paycheck. And Lavar Burton right now is probably sitting in some house in the hills. He was just skimming the cream off of his life. I would assume so, unless hey, things you know. have gone horribly, horribly wrong with his financial planning. Just hanging out and drinking buttermilk? <laughs> that's Why what, not? That's what somebody does to me if they're really rich. They just have a cool glass of buttermilk. Maybe with a little cognac in it? <laughs> just, just hanging out. Do you think he ever, do you ever, think he ever puts on the visor? <laughs> Do you think around? he's ever uh, had sex with the visor on? Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> every me- yeah, every member of the Star Trek cast has had some sort of Star Trek costumed sex. Absolutely. Yes. No if I question. was a woman or a gay man, I don't know how LeVar rolls, and I was hooking up with LeVar Burton, maybe not the first time. Yeah. Maybe not the second time. That's but like a it's, fourth date right, thing. If it seems like we're going to have some sort of relationship here, can I just get the visor one time? tonight is that what the lady says to him or he says to the lady i think I, I you think it's his choice may no, I, I put the visor on it I makes me feel powerful if you're having sex with lavar bird you want to see it the visor yeah why not do you think <laughs> let me ask you this do you think lavar burton's ever do you think that the guy who played wharf has ever had a makeup guy come over to his house to put him through the arduous six-hour process yeah. of donning his vulcan ridges or whatever they're called so that he, so that he can have sex with. Here's the someone. pitch. The last time we pitched, uh, I think it was Queen Latifah and Cameron Manheim, or uh-huh. Monique and Cameron Manheim. I don't remember. Sure. This is the show. It would be better than Hung on HBO. This this actor. <laughs> okay. This it's actor. Some actors in a show. No, this. <laughs> I love it. No more puppets. I like what you did there. Yeah. 
Um, this this the show would be this actor that you're talking about. I can't remember his name. And I used up until about '96, I could name Worf every black actors. Right. I could give you every black character's real name. Like Carl Lumbly is the black guy from Cagney and Lacey. I used to be able to do that. Uh, so this guy Wait, are you has, getting more racist? Is what you're saying? And you're forgetting people's names? Yes. Okay. No, yeah. there's more black people on television, so I can't keep them all straight. Gotcha. This guy hits. He falls upon hard times, and he can't make ends meet. And he realizes that there are a lot of female Trekkies who will pay to have sex with Worf. <laughs> Bam! Te- any get. Uh, he takes it on the road. AMC. Is this a phone. celeb reality show or no? A this is show? a scripted. High concept dramedy why don't for we, FX. Why don't we sell this to yeah. VH1 as a celeb reality show? Well, that's the fallback. Let's yeah. let's just take some meetings. Yeah, let's like Showtime, and then somebody murders someone. Okay. Yeah, no, I think it should be scripted. I think there should be uh, a lot of uh, like long shots from down the hall of him sitting on the edge of the bed in the wharf makeup and sighing. <laughs> and then, and then Decemberist song. There's some sort of Klingon. A Klingon dick has to have some sort of deform because he ha- so then he has to have some sort oh like of dick ridges. Okay. Yes. Let's, he has to take it to an extra level. A ridged dick. Let's let's talk for a minute about Klingon uh, Warcock. What we need to make this happen. Number okay. one, we need to get the guy who played Worf on Star Trek on board. I okay. think that that's no that's no problem. Number two, we're going to need Nick Harcourt to tell us uh, what twee indie rock songs to play while he sighs. Okay. If we Former can't get him, of just, morning becomes eclectic. Just, let's just go Decemberists. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I was thinking we'd just go Jason Bentley. Okay, sure. If you can't get hardcore, you got to oh, okay. go with Bentley. Yeah, Jason Bentley will help us out. I, I, uh, Morning Becomes Eclectic is an institution here in Los Angeles. And it's also the, not eclectic. The more, yeah, not, <laughs> yeah. not eclectic not at eclectic. all. Do you like uh, white indie rock music? Well, you might like even more occasionally <laughs> occasionally they have like a brazilian dance pop song right. so yeah um I stand so uh morning becomes eclectic is an institution here in los angeles kcrw is a wonderful radio station and while the music they play on morning becomes eclectic is not to my taste perhaps it's more to your taste uh nick you you've been known to listen to uh some uh pussy indie rock from time to time <laughs> um not necessarily to my taste but f- fine you know like, if you're a guy that is shopping at Banana Republic, you need something to listen to. You know what I mean? Um, nothing wrong with a little feist to start off your day, Jesse. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Nothing, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong Fair with morning it. Absolutely years. nothing wrong no, with it. Currently that. number four, I think, on my list. Oh. There you go. Um, she's a lovely woman. She is. I really like um, uh, She's very graceful. Um, Do you guys know that uh, for work tonight, I have to see uh, Katy Perry? <laughs> The only I don't know anything about her other than <laughs> every time she shows her yeah, No, I'm going to a, a like a Warp Tour retrospective concert tonight, oh, and Katy, Katy Perry in 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 her beginning days was a Warped Tour act. Really? Yeah. Really? You know, I saw Katy Perry get interviewed somewhere, and uh, she seemed really pleasant and kind of funny. Yeah, I suspect that about her. I was really I was like, hey, this lady seems to know that this whole thing's a little bit ridiculous. Right. She's got a great attitude. Yeah, she's in her 20s, she's cute, she's rich and famous. Why wouldn't she be pleasant? Well, you know, who knows? Maybe there's a dark side to fame. You escaped your... uh... (laughs) What? A dark side to fame? Shut up. Next thing you tell me, there's there's a dark side to the American uh, mom and apple pie suburbs. Uh, There's something something hiding behind the white picket fences, Jordan. Mm, I don't think so. As it turns out. Nope. It's all it's all just fame. as perfect as its facade. Okay, so I'm hearing of this. Morning Becomes Eclectic is an institution here in Los Angeles, and I have um, immense respect for KCRW, the the station, a, one of the best public radio stations in the country. Uh, I just want to get that out there before I start insulting. You. <laughs> now, um, uh, 
do the DJs on this station seem very dumb to you? Not every single one, but certainly Morning Becomes Eclectic Coast, Jason, Jason Bentley. Bentley. I'll tell you, there's a show, uh, there was a show on KCRW that played music that I would choose to listen to uh, almost all the time. A show called Chocolate City with host Garth Trinidad. Right. And I, um, I would, when, when I had a music show in college, uh, I would always check out the playlist from Chocolate City to see what he was playing, and I'd always give it a listen so I would know uh, what was a great track to, to put in the mix. You see what I'm saying, okay? Um, He's dropping all these but the, video the more yeah, The I know, more right? I listened track. to Garth Trinidad, <laughs> the, more, the more I found myself thinking, wait a minute, is this guy as dumb as a rock? <laughs> And I feel the same way about Jason Bentley. Since Jason Bentley used to play, and he used to be on in the evenings, and he would play electronic music that I literally could not bear to listen to. So I didn't listen to him very much. He moved to the mornings. Morning becomes eclectic. Now he plays Banana Republic music that if it comes on after morning edition, um, maybe it's still playing in the kitchen because I haven't bothered to turn it off, and it's fine. It doesn't like make me crazy. But he will talk to someone, and he has this beautiful voice... And I'm pretty sure he's as dumb as a block of wood. <laughs> Not 100% sure, because it could be some kind of on-air character he's doing. This is where the radio, the, the podcasting radio beef starts. Yeah, right. I know. <laughs> Shots fired at Jason Bentley. Uh, Young Thorny and Jay Bent. You know, he, here's, here's my diagnosis. And I think this, this, this carries over to uh, a lot of public radio personalities. Right. I think it's more that they're humorless. Okay. And that they, I think it's more just not having a sense of humor, and I think it's, you know, I th- being successful I... in this really, really niche area, but being very successful in it, uh, you know, you don't, you don't see what is funny about what you're doing. You know, like, there's just no sense of humor, period. Can I, can I ask you... Sometimes I wonder that about Michelle Norris, on All Things Considered. I think it might be yeah, the same reason. I, the, sure. Here's how old is. It's hard for me to. Un, I can't make a judgment unless I know how old someone is or what their deal is. Because then it's like, <laughs> well, if that's my grandmother, then I'm on not the angry that she's not says, funny. But Jason know. Bentley's supposed to be cool, right? I think so. Yeah, so he's and gotta be and 35. That's, and that's right? what I think is more is more shocking about his humorlessness and why I think it 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 points to dumbness. I don't think it's dumbness, but I think it's because he is supposed to be the cool one, but And I isn't? really want to emphasize that I don't know I don't I'm not asserting that he's dumb as a rock. I just am asserting that sometimes I wonder this wait. Is, is he as dumb as a rock? This is Glenn Beck territory. I'm not saying Obama is Hitler. I'm just Suggesting some Show people me proof that, that Obama not. isn't Hitler. Um, I mean, it's obvious that I, I, it's not Glenn Beck territory because it's obvious that that uh, Jason Bentley's Hitler. Right, right. That's as clear as day. Yeah, you'd have to be some sort of socialist and not see that and understand. It. I mean, he's playing the new track by the Fruit Bats. <laughs> so next step, communism. I okay. Can I ask you guys your opinion of this? Um, my wife has a friend uh, that I think the world of. A super nice lady um, uh, and uh, like an old college buddy. And she was over here the other night and she told us she's a union organizer, um, works 60 hours a week making the world a better place. Like seriously, incredibly hardworking, um, came from an immigrant family, first generation American, uh, went to Sarah Lawrence with my wife. Way cool lady, like kick ass lady, right? 
four out of five boners. <laughs> she told us last night that um, that she was looking to laugh more in her life because her life was so serious because she was always, um, you know, she's doing these or, uh, union organization things and like, yeah, we're like, yeah, it's like hard and serious all the time, you know? Like an employer is like targeting you for harassment always and, you know, whatever. And she says, like, lately I've been watching a lot of George Lopez. And I'm like, okay. So you're so not looking to laugh more? <laughs> I, I say to myself, okay, George Lopez isn't for me, right? George Lopez isn't my thing. Mm-hmm. But George Lopez George Lo- and George Lopez is very, you might say, middle of the road. But he's very not. mainstream. Yeah, yeah. That's a fair assessment. He's not horrible. No. It's not like she said she likes Carlos Mencia. He's not aggressively bad by any means. Right. He's genial. And, you know, maybe his reputation has exceeded his talent to some extent. But he's fine. It's okay. So and, you is know, mine, and I'm not even famous. And frankly, uh, and frankly, you feel like you're getting too much credit. Yeah, I am. And I shouldn't be here. I, I don't deserve this. Yeah, no, that's true. This is a this is a hot seat. So, and frankly, like, not a lot of uh, famous uh, 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 Mexican American comedians. You know, if I was Mexican American, I'd probably like the most Mexican, the most famous Mexican American comedian, just because it's like, hey, there's a Mexican American guy like me. Right. Hey, he's talking about Mexican American stuff. Like I'm on board for that, so I so I'm like okay, there's a pass, you know that's fine. She can like it. We'll we'll share. We'll give her a, uh, an Al Madrigal CD and see if we can bring her fifty percent further towards us. Right. You you're not gonna I mean? throw her out of your home. No, not at all. That's what you're saying. You're you're such a uh, you're trying to. I'm a magnanimous guy. Sure. You're trying to shift her from full Mexican to half Mexican. Yeah. And then maybe she'll just start liking white comedians. <laughs> exactly. It's a race thing. I mean, I she's I would say right now she's about she's about eighty percent Moorish, twenty percent Christian, mm. and I'd like to move her down the line, push her down the line. Um, so you know that's fine, it's great. You know she likes George Lopez, that's fine. You know I like Ray Romano, I think Ray Romano's hilarious. You know like we all like things that are middle of the road, that's fine. Right. I like Arby's. <laughs> do you really like, I do Arby's? like Arby's? I'm yeah. an Arby's fan as Heck well. Yeah. Wow. Did you know that that are uh, the meat in an Arby's sandwich is like a compressed meat? It's like a absolutely. Yo? Don't want to hear it. I was absolutely certain, 100 percent certain of that <laughs> fact. Um, okay. So so <laughs> she says she likes that. That's fine. And Teresa's telling her, "Well, do you ever watch Thirty Rock?" And now, if you ask me, that's the best show. Um, and it's really really funny. And she's like, "Oh, you know." I never, never, it's okay. She hasn't watched it. And I'm thinking, uh, I'm not sure if she's going to like it, even if she watches it. I'm not sure. I don't want to go down this path. I don't want to find out what's at the end of this road. She goes, oh, you ever watch uh, The Office? The Office is something you can usually go to. Like if somebody's bright, but they have pedestrian comedy taste, maybe you can go to The Office because it's a popular program. It's very accessible. She's like, well, sometimes I watch that Steve Carroll. I like him okay. Then you just throw in the towel. And... That's when I'm like, okay, well, I'm just going to talk about something else because I really like this lady. Like, she's a cool, really <laughs> and you're great starting lady. Starting to get mad. I don't want to hate you. I'm not getting. I'm not getting mad. I'm just. I'm just getting. I just don't. I just want to extricate myself from this situation. Sure. You see what I'm saying? You don't want to say something you'll regret. Exactly. And that's when she volunteers. She's really been enjoying Medea lately. 
How do you, first of all, if you enjoy something, typically you know how to say it. <laughs> that would be like me saying I am a big fan of vaginas. <laughs> <laughs> That's a French vagina, right? right? That's a French woman's vagina. <laughs> Nick loves French pussy. It's true. Who does it? Um, and at that point, I don't know what to do. I don't so, know what, whether does that like I'm thinking you throw her out of your house, Jesse, because I already know. She's a great lady. I already know going into this, I know she's a great lady. She's a great friend of my wife's. Um, she's dedicated her life to making the world a better place. Uh, she's bright. Uh, she's like a person that I can relate to because she has a, kind of a similar background to me. Like she, uh, uh, she You're went to also an arts. Mexican. I'm Mexican American. <laughs> Uh, she went to an she went to an arts she went to an arts high school like a public arts high school. She came up in a like a moderately tough neighborhood. Like went to a uh, like and like did something with herself, you know. And like I can I can relate to that. Uh, it, it, you don't meet a lot of people that are like that, and so like it's like exciting to meet somebody that's like that. And um, so I'm I'm in support of her going in, absolutely in support. And normally. My default would be to hate anyone who said that to me, <laughs> with the possible exception of there's a, there's the outside possibility if someone told me that they like Tyler Perry that I would that I could give them the same ethnicity pass that I gave to her for, for George. George Lopez, right. where I could just be like, well. You know, I'm lucky. Like, there's lots and lots and lots of choices within the right. entertainment spectrum of people of my race and you, and cultural background. You know what I there's mean? There's a good white movie playing somewhere at any right given now. time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Whereas you can't you can't get that picky and choosy, and you know, like whatever. It's it's not as important to her as it is to me. And the end. But she's not African American. She just likes it on merit. I don't think she likes it because she relates to it culturally. I want to make that clear. Is she a Christian? Is she a Christian person? She, mm, I don't think so. I think she's, uh, I mean, she probably grew up Catholic. Right. Um, uh, I, I think she, we, we talked about it last night, uh, the other night. I, I think she grew up Catholic, but she, I don't think that she's religious. But I, I could be wrong, but I don't think she's, she's religious at all. Here's, here's uh, I've I've had this conversation a lot about uh, Tyler Perry. It comes up all the time in the uh, the black community when we have the meetings. Sure. Uh, I don't understand the appeal. You guys I have mean, meetings. I understand the appeal. You have meetings and you and you have you vote on everything, sort of like Quakers, right? We want to put out a unified front if possible, right. so we all know the position. You know, Absolutely. The if you line. So and you lost the, on Tyler Perry, and you're just gonna I, bite the bullet. Yeah, I have to. I, Does majority re- rules. Do they share your opinion on Arby's? Uh, I think there is a significant percentage of the Negro community that is pro Arby's. Yes. Okay. Okay. So, um, uh, uh, so you were saying at the meetings? I mean, I I understand the appeal of Tyler Perry's films intellectually. Right. They are mm, fairy tales. They're right. Like parables. There's a put upon black lady who, through uh, sometimes no fault of her own, or sometimes that she has a, a flaw. She's having difficulty in her life. There is a, a good black man who is being overlooked because he's an average guy, or there is a better black man that she's over. You know, 
And then in the end, everyone goes to church and it all works out. Whatever. Right. I, I understand liking a good, simple story like that. My- I'm not going to say that I'm not upset by non-happy stories. Right. I've, I've come out on this program to say that I can barely watch art movies anymore because I get too upset. Right, right. I just don't understand. I mean, I understand as a minority wanting to see black people on screen, mm-hmm. but I don't understand accepting inferior quality product into your face. I just... I mean, I understand a lot of people don't. A lot of people don't go to movies for that. I mean, Transformers Two makes a shit ton of money, not because people are looking for writing and you know character study. People just want to sit in the dark and veg out for an hour. You know what I think people should want to go see? Ong Bak Two. <laughs> I saw Ong Bak Two. Ong Bak Two. No, I'm not really trying to segue into Ong Bak Two. I just wanted to say. I just wanted to celebrate Ong. Take a moment to celebrate Ong Bak and Ong Bak Two. Now, Perhaps an Unbach 3, a little Medea. Well, you know, I think it's here's why I think it's going to get confusing. Unbach 2, prequel to Unbach. Whoa, 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 so, whoa, whoa, whoa. We're going to have to whoa. do a lot of time jumping if in the third installment. <laughs> I mean, I just think the Unbach verse is getting a little complicated. Okay, let's, we throw let's in talk for a minute. In case folks don't know what Unbach is, Unbachopedia. Unbach is, on, yeah, is the TIE fighter. Uh, starring Tony Jaa. Coolest last name ever. Uh, Tony Jaa. This, this is what happens in Ong Bak. Now, you, you, have you seen Ong Bak 1? No, I've only seen Ong Bak 2. Nick, have you seen Ong Bak 1? I've seen 65% of Ong Bak 1. Okay, here's what happens in Ong Bak. I'm pretty sure I can piece together the rest of the story. <laughs> Some Spoiler <hoodlums>. alert. <laughs> Kicking. <laughs> Some hoodlums. Some get kicked. <laughs> Some hoodlums steal the village uh, religious artifact of the village. Let's call it a golden monkey. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, Tony Jai has to go to the big city uh, and find his cousin who lives in the big city uh, but has gone down the wrong path, he finds out. And they have to work together to uh, get back this thing. So Tony Jai has to learn to stand on his own two legs and be a grown-up. His cousin has to learn why it's important to love your family and your village that you came from. And the lady... Is just a lady in it. I'm not sure what her role is. And the is. bad guys have to learn to love getting kneed in the face by Tony Jaa. <laughs> yeah. Elbow, elbow, knee, knee, knee. Elbow, elbow, knee, knee, knee. And so... That's the soundtrack to Ongbak. What happens in Ongbak is, for some reason, he gets keeps getting sucked into a series of underground fighting tournaments. Um, he <laughs> Why doesn't need, you? He doesn't need to raise money f- for anything, as far as I can tell. He just, It's a good way to find he, out information. He's not trying to avenge his dead brother? Yeah. No, he's just... Brother. He's just... What happens is, he'll just hang out in the pit of the underground fighting tournament, and then someone will start a fight with him, and people will start betting on it. That's what happens repeatedly in this film. You'd think he'd learn to hang out somewhere else. But it's a pretty sweet movie because he does a lot of cool Thai kickboxing. Now, you saw Ong Bak 2, Jordan. I did see Ong Bak 2 in my preparation for my trip to the Toronto Film Festival. Oh! Um, I saw Ong Bak 2. And, um, and Ong Bak 2... Prequel. This is takes place in feudal Thailand. Oh, it's a very extreme prequel. Yes, uh, yes. And I, so do, I don't know. If so the Tony suggestion... Jaa's character is older in <laughs> Ong Bak One than he seems. Yes, he's thousands. Because I would have guessed maybe twenty seven. I think that the implication feudal is Thailand that... was in the eighties. <laughs> <Okay>. Yeah. 
That's how, yeah, they were futile until very recently. <laughs> this one just replaces the motorbikes with BMX bikes. Sure. Um, and there is a scene in Ong Bak 2 where uh, Tony Ja is training to fight, and he uh, runs across the top of a stampede of elephants and then jumps onto the head elephant's head and punches it in the head. <laughs> and then all the other elephants bow to it. And this all looks like it's happening, and I'm sure that it's just because of, like, lax, uh, you know, animal cruelty standards <laughs> in Thailand. But, I mean, you pretty I, – I can't – I mean, I you know, I, have a, I feel like, you know, Jordan, I see enough movies where I have an eye for CGI. To be – Jordan. To be fair to the, the Film Commission of Thailand, an elephant can take a punch. Yeah, and it does. And furthermore, Jordan, I mean, I think what you're underestimating here is how big of a star Tony Jaw is in his native Thailand. Sure, sure. I mean, uh, like a Tom Cruise, for example, uh, a native uh, American creature like a grizzly bear or a mountain lion or cougar uh, would certainly recognize uh, Tom Cruise and do what Tom Cruise said. Uh, we've seen that over would, and over. I'm thinking a buffalo would take a punch in the face with Tom Cruise, no problem. Sure. Hey, think of the buffaloes that agreed to appear in uh, Dances with Buffaloes. What was that movie called? Dances with Wolves. Dances with Wolves. <laughs> Kevin Costner was big at the time. He had a lot of uh, yeah. He had a lot of power for you know negotiating. If you're Tony Jaa, and these are Thai elephants, I presume. Now, here's an important point. Are these Asian elephants or African elephants? No, these are Asian elephants. In African so elephants, these are native Thai elephants. Small scab, ears. scab labor. <laughs> yeah, right? You can't do that. That's all they have to do. They just have to threaten to bring in the larger, more powerful African elephants. Yeah. They'll work for cheaper. Get in line. They're tougher. They've got more ivory. That punching the elephant in the head sounds like either the most amazing thing to ever be fo- photographed in the history of film or the worst stunt Slash effect ever. You no, know, it's great. It looks like it's actually happening. I, I uh, <laughs> you, you feel like you're just seeing an elephant getting punched in the head. There's, you know how a lot of, um, you know a lot of, uh, like also, a martial arts uh, film. Half the movie is in slow motion. <laughs> you know how a martial arts film will have a big <clears throat> opener, big opening action scene. A set piece is yeah. what they call that in the biz. This is set piece. this is what the uh, this is what the opener of Ong Bak is. Um, a bunch of guys are trying to climb a tree super fast. And uh, Tony Ja like jumps on the dudes and climbs the dudes up to the top of the tree. Yeah, I remember that. It was crazy. It's crazy. It's no elephant punch. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, Ung Bak too. It's pretty. Uh, it's pretty spectacular. There's, there's obviously some stuff in it about like Thai history and mythology that I didn't understand. Oh yeah. Uh, and then there's demon ladies sometimes for some reason. Wow. Uh, but but uh, if you can get get beyond being a little confu- confused, it's pretty spectacular. There's there's a lot of reasons, a million reasons they have uh, demon ladies in there. Hmm. Number one, Thai history. Sure. Number two, Thai mythology. Okay. Uh, number three, Thai cultural traditions. Okay, that makes sense now. That's why they also that's also why they use elbows instead of fists. Yeah. Elbowing people. Anyway, we're having a great time. It's myself, Jesse Thorne. We've got Jordan Morris here. Uh, Nick Adams is here. Uh, we'll be back in just a second with more on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I am Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Nick, repeat Adams. Nick, it's great to have you here. It's great to be here. It's been a, it's been an absolute joy. 
to have you here. Thank you. Uh, we want you to leave. No, I just, I just, you guys, please stay. No, please, please leave, leave, leave. Here's what's here's what's going on, you guys. Um, for some reason, I can't get the CD player to play uh, the CD that I made of this week's calls. I can get uh, the CD player to play a different CD. So if we just wanted to uh, listen to this CD I just got in the mail, uh, Shafiq and Frika uh, by Shafiq Hussein from the Sawra Creative Partners, we could do that. Or uh, uh, we could um, uh, do voices. But instead, what I decided to do, we're live web streaming this uh, week's program. I just went into the chat room and said, does anybody have a momentous occasion they can share with us? Uh, luckily, uh, Daryl from Montana, a regular on the forum, was listening live. Uh, Daryl, welcome to the program. Hey, Jeffy. It's a pleasure to have you here, sir. Um, Ple- pleasure to be here and save the show. Uh, we'll see. Uh, Daryl, what's your momentous occasion this week? Well, for the first time in my life, I actually almost got in a fist fight with a total stranger. Mm. Wait a minute. Now, Daryl, number one, you're a grown man. You, you, have a yes. chi- you have a grown child. Yes. Your daughter's what, 19, 20 years old? 19 years old. Okay, so you, we, we met your daughter at Max FunCon. That's why, this is why I yep. know this. And uh, people who are uh, podcast listeners, are, that's usually not a fighting demographic. <laughs> No, not at all. And I am personally not a fighting demographic. I've I've never gotten in a fight right. in my life, except for one time when a girl punched me in the nose, and I I ran away. You seem like a sweet-tempered guy. So yeah, what's what's I'm very the even-tempered? What's the circumstance? Uh, I went to a concert uh, at a smallish venue here in Billings, Montana. Oh man, another Nora Jones concert erupts into violence. <laughs> It We've actually, heard this story I, a thousand times. <laughs> I can't even remember the name of the band now, but uh, <laughs> they're, they're was known it? as a kind of a quasi-Christian band. Okay. So oh, Creed. Not even, Creed. Yeah, not even, no, not even, not even Creed. Uh, oh, oh, I got it. Oh, Nitty I'll Gritty. Think of, I'll think of it in a minute. But, um, Nitty Gritty Dirt Band. Uh, you not, too. Bone Thugs <laughs> and Harmony. Bone Thugs. It's Bone, bone Thugs. Not a band who should at all attract a fighting crowd. Okay, so it's Bone Thugs. <laughs> yeah. And in the back of the auditorium, they had a, uh, a little bar set up so people could uh, get their drinks or whatever. And they closed the bar down, but yet there were some people back there who I guess still had a few, uh, a few in them. Switchfoot. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, not even as good as them. <laughs> Keep trying, though. <laughs> This shows you how momentous it is. I don't even remember the band. Echo and the um, Bunny Men. So I went you, back. We're going to keep doing this until you just hang up. Oh, Scott okay. Joplin. This <laughs> <laughs> famous stride piano. Yeah, them. Um, so I went and leaned on one of the tables in the back to just kind of watch the band, and it was all standing, standing only. So uh, I'm an old guy, and my back was hurting. So I went to lean on one of these tables, and uh, I, there's like three guys behind me who had too much to drink who started yelling out that the band sucked and stuff like that. And I thought, oh, okay, whatever. I don't, I don't really care for this band one way or the other. But then as they were throwing their beer cans away, they, they would walk past me and, like, bump into me. And I'm like, well, this is crazy. Why would they do something like this? I'm just here to watch the band. And so Why you kicked one in the balls? Pardon me? So you kicked one in the balls? No, I, I, did, I did not. But I came pretty close because they, they kept just deliberately trying to irritate me. P.O.D. Payable on death. 
no, but you've got a good deep knowledge there. Jordan, it's you're good. guessing actual semi-Christian bands. Yeah, that's yes. what I. Yes. That's that what is. I'm trying to do. Yeah. That's, that's that the beauty of what. That's why it's so impressive that he knows this many Christian that's bands. Pretty good. That is pretty good. And it wasn't Petra either. Mm. So what was so, the so the upshot of this is that you almost got in a fight with them, but you didn't. Well, the upshot is that they kept yelling uh, as I as I'm trying to watch the concert. They keep yelling, and and I finally and they were irritating everyone around them. And I finally turned around and said, "You know, you can leave if you don't like it. Just Ooh, leave. No one forced me to stay here." Yeah. So I turned back around and then. This guy, who I call Scott Farkas, because he was—he looked like Scott Farkas. He—I don't know who Scott Farkas is. Uh, from uh, Christmas Story. Okay. The bully from Christmas Story. Uh. He looked just like him. He had green teeth, and he—they just kept getting closer and closer. And he kept—he shoved his friend into me to try to start a fight, <laughs> and I just <laughs> ignored them. Was this and, a Wiggles and, concert? Because this behavior this sounds is like a Wiggles concert. Strangely juvenile. <laughs> so they start leaning on me, like literally leaning all over me. And I'm thinking they either really, really like me or they're just really trying to start a fight. And I am a very zen kind of guy. I don't get upset. Certainly. But if I was going to uh, use one word to describe Daryl from Montana, it would be zen-like. Zen. Sure. zen. Yeah. That's why, he yeah. Enjoys, that's why he enjoys big sky country. Yeah. I'm, I just, I'm a going <laughs> guy. But I started getting so angry that I was either going to, I was, I was actually picturing in my mind how I could turn around and just plant one right in the guy's face. Was this when you realized, Daryl, that you didn't like the band anyway, so you should just leave? I think so, but it was hard for me to hear you, so I'm just going to say yes. There we go. Daryl in Montana, momentous occasion. Thank you for saving us, Daryl. Oh, I know. Just uh, let this go down in history, and you owe me one. One more, one more guess. Veggie Tales Live. <laughs> that, was, that was it. That okay, okay. It was Veggie Tales Live. I'll type it into the chat room when I re- remember who it is. That explains <laughs> why uh, everybody was so riled up. Later, Daryl. All right, bye. All right, Daryl. Daryl in Montana. You want to try one more? Yeah, why think? not? Okay, I'm gonna call Bob in Austin. Okay. Um, you guys entertain the people while I call Bob in Austin. How about I've been to Montana before? How'd that go? Great. I had two of the best meals I've ever had in my entire life. Oh, no, really? What, what's this, what's, what's a uh, typical Montanian dish like? What are they known for up there? Uh, there was a prime rib, if I'm remembering correctly, at the wedding reception, which was amazing. Uh, what, really? At the wedding reception? Yeah, yeah. It's not really where you uh, expect to find a great meal. It was awesome. And then the, we ate at the hotel restaurant, and there was like a whole... Situation. Rainbow trout situation that was there was a rainbow trout situation. Amazing. Okay, you guys ready for uh, Bob from Austin? Yep. Okay, here we go. But I want to point out that I'm not doing this with some kind of one of those systems where you press a button to put somebody on the air. That's why everything's so complicated. Uh, Bob, uh, you're on Jordan Jesse Go. Can you hear us? Okay. Uh, you're a little quiet, but I can hear you. Ah, oh, Christ! I'm gonna have to turn myself up. <laughs> Okay, Bob, so what was your momentous occasion? It is that I, uh, this weekend, for the holiday weekend, I decided to build a smoker from some terracotta pots. Now we're mm, talking, Bob. Yeah. I don't know there, you. There it is. You could be a skinhead. You could be, <laughs> I already kind of like you, just because you, not only you want to smoke your own meats, right. you could have yeah. just gone to a, a quick mart or a value city in Austin and purchased that. Could have gone to a value city yeah, to get that. It's actually a nursery that I went to where I, I found the pots 
and uh, threw it together about so now maybe you're saying five bucks ish. How much time did that take you, Bob? I've been. I started the meat on the smoker at eleven this morning. No, no. How much time did it take you to to build this thing? Oh, maybe <laughs> maybe three or four hours. Yesterday. Sounds like Bob might not, be kind of a long, smoker. I had to dismantle a. Uh, a hot plate was the most difficult part, and put the element inside the pot oh. and have the controller on the outside. The element. Wait, so you have Someone's to dismantle a hot plate? What's that? You dismantle a hot plate? Why you, am I yeah, quiet? I you guys are loud. It's pretty easy. Yeah, I don't know. The hard part is finding a hot plate. What are you smoking? What are you smoking, <laughs> what are you you smoking in the smoker? Nick. I'm uh, smoking a pork shoulder right now. Holy oh. Jesus. Would you, would you say it's a fair to call that a pork butt? Say, say again? You can't hear me at all. Jesse wanted to know uh, if it was a pork butt. It is. Well, I think uh, the pork shoulder, the entire shoulder is made of the butt and the picnic. I don't, I don't know why it's called a picnic. <laughs> now, I'm going to I don't know if you guys are gr- I'm a griller, so I'm just going to go right into the meat talk. Now, what are you going to do with the, the shoulder? Are you looking, are you going to do like a pulled pork sandwich thing? No, but yeah, I'll probably pull the pork out and then, uh, I don't know, either eat it raw or make some sandwiches. Right. I would probably cook it first. <laughs> well, I mean, after it's been smoked, of course. Oh, okay. Sauce-wise, what but, are we doing? Are we doing a vinegary mustard deal? Are we going to go a sweeter? I, I'm much more of a tomato-based guy right. as far as the sauces go. But if I do a good job, ideally, I guess I won't need a sauce, right? As I understand it, I'm 86% water. <laughs> <laughs> Hello! It's a little tomatoes-based joke. Yeah. He said he's a tomato-based guy. I'm water-based. <laughs> That's the kind of humor we're doing on Jordan Jesse Go here, folks. So good. Bob, thank you so much for calling in with that momentous, momentous occasion. I do not want Nick to talk more about fucking barbecues. No, send me pictures, email, (laughs) video or something. I want to know more. (laughs) Desperately. Send me pictures of the meat. Pictures of the meat. We could just have uh, Jesse start talking about baseball shit, and Jordan could start talking about video games, (laughs) and then we could just hang out and talk about barbecue the whole time. Someone, it'll be like the uh, it'll be like the wall of sound. Someone, the Jordan Jesse yeah. Go wall of sound. Someone did put in a request on the chat room uh, that I bring up. I believe it was Mark Langston on the program this. Week. No, Brett Saberhagen. Brett Saberhagen. So I've done it. Brett Saberhagen, uh, great pitcher uh, for uh, the Kansas City Royals and, and later the New York Mets. Um, we'll be back in just a minute on Jordan Jesse Go. La, la, la. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Nick, repeat Adams. This was a fun show, huh, Jordan? It, aren't they always, though? Isn't it nice when we come in here completely unprepared? Sure. Nothing prepared. We put on... Super distracted. Really distracted. I'm sleepy. I got it's a little bit of a headache. Game. Jordan's got to get to work. Nick just found out he's coming over last night. Um, everybody's a little bit out of sorts, mm-hmm. gassy, um, and and it doesn't matter because you know why? Because we can put out a C minus program, even under those circumstances. Yeah, That's the kind of talent we have. It's professionalism. We have the professionalism. It's like a, it's like a, take a Seth MacFarlane for example. Sure. This is a guy who knows, even if he's distracted, even if he's sleepy, he can come up with a few. You know, allusions or references that he can make into cutscenes cut and turn that thing into a C minus. Just throw a chicken in it. It's exactly. always funny if and a then, chicken just uh, shows up. Yeah, and then still have time to take Miss Elijah Dushku to dinner. Yeah, precisely. It's a, that's how it works. You know, that's still how it works in Hollywood. That's how you know. Dushku. That's how you know that we're stars, Jordan. 
That yes. is how you know that we are stars. We made Jordan, it look easy. Jordan, I have a question for you. Yes, please. You may remember that before we left, uh, before we left, before I left for my vacation to the great nation of Mexico, uh, wherein I visited Puerto Vallarta and Oaxaca, uh, that you took responsibility for the high five contest. I did. I want to know who is the winner of the high five contest. Uh, <laughs> I might have to post that on the blog later tonight. Okay. I have not done the final tallies. Jordan promises he will. I have dropped the ball. Post it on the post on the blog later tonight. The winner of the 2009 MaximumFun.org Jordan Jesse Go High Five Contest. Nick, it was a pleasure to have you here. Always fun, man. Always Nick, you've fun. been you've been working on this television pilot based on your uh, based on your book for about a thousand years yes, now. Yes, that's what it feels like. Um, maybe one day people will be able to enjoy that. Um, in the meantime, they can certainly buy the book. They can buy the book in a local bookstore, uh, Amazon.com, uh, BarnesandNobles.com, eBay. Uh, Electronic Bay. If you um, just want it, if you just want it, it and don't want to pay a lot of money. Right, you want to just get a copy of it. Uh, it's uh, Nick Adams. It's called uh, Making Friends with Black People or How to Make Friends with Black Making People. Making Friends. Making Friends with Black People. I've got a copy of it. I read it. I enjoyed it. I laughed. Invited Nick on my program. Um, it's just a delight to have Nick here every single time. That's why he always ends up in that in that top ranking. Mm-hmm. You get a thread. Who's your favorite guests? You're sure you're going to get Ashcon in yeah, there. Yeah, you know, just like you have the uh, the white woman and the uh, octoroon ranking. <laughs> yeah, we have uh, guest rankings, and you're you're pretty consistently in the top tier. And you're the number one black guy. What's just my so you know, pretty sure you're the only black guy that's ever been a guest host on this show. Can Pigeon you think John. of another? Oh, Pigeon John was on. Okay, well you're number one. Pigeon John's number two. I'm a Pigeon John fan. How about that? Well, who isn't a Pigeon John fan? One of the nicest guys in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. If you really want to blow people's minds, next time, me, Pigeon John, S- same space. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Death match. Whoa. <laughs> That's gonna turn into some kind of race war. <laughs> I don't That's want that. That's gonna transform. I, I don't have time me, for that. Pigeon John and I are the the two least threatening black <laughs> people <laughs> that have really ever true. been on anyone's <laughs> show ever. <laughs> threatening black people on earth what if we just got what, what if we just made it nick adams and the uh, uh and the con man that lives on the first floor yeah we can get that get to the bottom of what that guy's deal is i want to find out what this guy we can deal find is. out what his story is yeah, or how about this more insane people on the show how about this for a program hmm. this will be this will make it more african americans than whites we get nick the con man and the crazy stoned guy from the first floor hey so that's three african we're not even gentlemen. on the show yeah, they're just, just hosting us. it. It's just Nick <laughs> fighting those two guys. Uh, can you leave the door open while we're recording that show? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And just make sure the police Some sort are of aware. These guys sound very nervous. Uh, we've had a great time on this week's program. Haven't we? Uh, uh, next week, we're, we're going to be around next week, right? Probably, we'll probably be around next week. Cause we're, what is this? The, is next week when we're out of town? Uh, no, it's the week after. Okay, so we'll probably be around for next week's program. Hopefully, cross your fingers. And then we're going to be in Philadelphia and New York City. Both of those shows sold out. I understand there will be standby tickets at the UCB in New York. Um, and as of this recording, I think there are some tickets for The Sound of Young America in Philadelphia. Um, but that's that's it. All the rest of the shows are sold out. It's going to be a very successful yeah, tour, Jordan. SOL, assholes. If you're coming to the shows, here's what I ask. Go on the website, order one of our posters... Uh, we have these beautiful posters that our friend uh, Tom Deja from Bossman Graphics designed. They l- seriously look super, super cool. And uh, if you pay 10, 12 bucks for one, we'll give it to you at the show. We'll autograph it for you, whatever you want. I don't think we're going to sell these things on the website. Um, and that's how we're going to pay for our, you know, walking around money. 
You know what I'm saying? We don't make any money doing these tours. I want to make this clear. People say, oh, come to blah, 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 blah. Like, yeah, okay. If you want to pay us to come to blah, 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 we'll come. We don't make any money on these things. We're just trying to cover our expenses. Don't believe it, folks. We come because we love you. Yeah, we're super rich. I mean, I'm not... Look, Jordan and I are both really... Nick, are you super rich? Yeah, we're independently wealthy. Absolutely. Yeah, like, we're all really, really rich. rich But that's oil money. We don't want to spend our oil money. No. You know what I mean? It's sort of like how Jay Leno doesn't... Only lives on his stand-up money. We only live on our Monsters of Podcasting money. We don't spend our uh, our oil, oil money from our successful oil businesses and natural gas businesses. Arab money. To be fair. Yeah, exactly, as Buster Rhymes would say. <laughs> um, we'll be back next week on Jordan Jesse Go. Later, gang. <laughs>